Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Hey, Spooksters, and welcome to July's episode for Listeners Encounters. My name is Tara, and as always, I'm joined by my ghoul friend, Jessica. Hey! (laughs) I had to steal your little thing. Had to, had to. Yay! I'm glad it's catching on. Right? I know. I love it. Spooky season is approaching. So, today we have three stories, but don't worry. The one I have is extremely long and jam-packed and amazing. It'll basically be like five. So, it's awesome. I can't (laughs) fucking wait. I'm so excited for this story. Oh, my God. Yes. But before we get started, as usual, you can find all of our cool socials in the show notes in our link tree down below. And if you are new here, hello, hello, and welcome. Hola. And as well with our socials and all of that good stuff, we have an amazing new merch store that Jessica has worked very hard on. So go check it out. There's all kinds of great stuff in there for you guys to go purchase and wear our cool spooky logo and other fun sayings around out in the world. Truth. Also, if you would like to support the podcast, you can join us over on Patreon, and that is on patreon.com slash three spooked girls. For as little as a dollar, you get a shout out, which will be towards the middle of this episode. We got some cool new spooksters in the club that we'll be saying thank you to. Mm-hmm. And also get a bunch of extra content and all kinds of stuff, free swag, all kinds of cool shit. Just come hang out with us if you would like to support the show. And lastly... We are going to be moving our promos from our podcast fam to the beginning of the episode before we dive in. That way, we can make sure you guys check them out as well and give a little extra love. So this week, our promo we're going to go ahead and play real quick for you comes from the podcast Light the Fright. So check them out. I'm Miranda. I'm Natalie. We may be fraidy cats, but we are perilously curious. No topic is off limits with us. We explore all forms of physical and metaphysical fears. From a primal fear of snakes, Miranda, haha, to the annoying fear of commitment. Ooh, also Miranda. When are we going to talk about your <laughs> issues, Natalie? We analyze the nature and rationality of these phobias, and we face some of our own fears on the podcast. Except for snakes. That one's off limits. Oh, it's coming. But we do splash in some true crime stories and real life stories relating to those fears and phobias. If you follow these southern bells into hell, we promise to have you back in time for dinner. Join us on Light the Fright Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Light the Fright. And on Facebook at Light the Fright Podcast. Okay, so I know we don't do theme drinks, but Jessica... What are you sipping on? Well, it's summertime and the feeling is good. (laughs) I don't even know that that's actually the lyrics of that song. It felt right. (laughs) It did. If it's not, it should be. My summer drink is a Tito's and lemonade. If you have not tried it, you definitely need to try it. Hell yeah. I feel like our, um, I guess it's like a tagline. It should be like three spooked girls, a paranormal and true crime podcast fueled by 
vodka and wine because, you know, we can't put Tito's in it. But, you know, Mm -hmm. because per usual, I got some Merlot here. I had to bring that back because I love it. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to Jessica because she has a little bit she needs to say before we dive into the stories. Yes, I am excited to announce that a couple of our spooksters got to bring into this world their own little baby spookster. So we want to take a moment and say congratulations to Tyler and Jen, who are some of our OG spooksters for their little bundle of joy that has entered the world today on July 22nd. So congratulations to you two. Yay. Congrats, guys. Okay, so our first Spookster listeners submission comes from Mary. And big shout out to Mary because she is so up on our Twitter and she is fantastic for it. Hell yeah. Thank you, Mary, for all the love and recommending us out. We really appreciate that. We always, always, always are so thankful when we see people saying, hey, give three Spook Girls a listen. Always makes our day. Yes. Totally. So this is Mary's story. She says, before I get into my story, let me say that I absolutely love your podcast. Aw, thank you, Mary. Thank you. We love you too. I'm always recommending it on Twitter. We see you, girl. (laughs) We do. One of my very first episodes I listened to was a Skinwalker story. Well, here's another one. Oh, you would give us a Skinwalker story. (laughs) I am an Osage tribal citizen from Oklahoma. Hey, girl, we need to talk because, like, I got family there. So we should chat. Ooh. (laughs) I moved to Colorado to go to college about eight years ago. I wasn't old enough to go to the fun bars with my friends, so I ended up just babysitting for my family that was in the area. One night I was watching my niece, and my relative was running later than usual. Earlier the night before she had left, she told me that her front door was broken. Oh, God, I just have a bad feeling. (laughs) (laughs) She had told me that her front door was broken and that she was hearing some scratching noises. Oh, Lord. Mary, run. (laughs) She figured it was a dog or some other animal. It was well past 1 a.m., the time she told me that she would be home. I texted her and told her I had to work in the morning and needed to get home so I could leave. At that moment, I heard scratching sounds at the door. And it sounded like the door was about to open. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I'm scared of the story already. I ran over to shut it because I wasn't about to let a wild animal into my cousin's house. When I shut it, I placed a heavy door stopper thing in front of the door to ensure that nothing was going to get in. At that moment, something hit the door. It sounded like a fist. No, mm -mm, I don't want to. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm just like, I'm already like, God damn it. Okay. It sounded like a fist, like something punched the door. It really freaked me out. I called this guy that was a friend of mine at the time to drive by when he got off work to make sure there wasn't some creep trying to get in. He said he drove by the house and saw something that looked like a dog and to stop freaking out. Well, that pissed me off because I wouldn't just ask him to do that if I wasn't actually scared. My cousin finally texted me back and told me that she was on her way and to get my stuff ready to leave. That meant I had to go back to the door to move the doorstop and let my cousin in. She got to the door and I told her what happened, but she was kind of drunk, so she just went to bed. It was a friend of her's birthday. As I was leaving, I saw that ugly dog and I ran to my car. It just watched me as I pulled out and left the parking lot. I made it a couple miles down to the stoplight. The light seemed to be red forever. As I was waiting for what seemed like 20 minutes, I saw that ugly dog cross the street. I immediately started to cry and shake. 
That is the appropriate reaction here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Jesus. Right? <laughs> her, her feelings are spot on. Uh-huh. I could feel that there was something not right about that animal. As I stared at it, it stood up and smiled at me. Oh, fuck. Then it ran across the street away from me, but it ran on two legs, not four. I ran the red light and got to my apartment and threw up. I called some of my friends that were local to the area, and they told me that it was a skinwalker. They were at my apartment in two minutes. They smudged me and prayed for me and took something outside. They said they saw it out there by my car, just circling. I am not from Colorado or New Mexico, and I had always heard about skinwalkers, but never thought in my life that I would ever see one or have one see me. I didn't sleep at all that night, and neither did my friends. I haven't seen anything like it again. I know what I saw. I wasn't sleepy or making things up in my head to be scared. What I saw was real. I have always heard scary stories from my tribe and from Mexico. She indicated that her mom is native and her father is from Mexico. So I know how to avoid scary situations pertain to my area, but I was completely unprepared for what happened to me that night. Thank you for telling this story. I have more stories if you ladies would ever want to hear them. Yes. I mean, yeah, like you're like the only person I know who's seen a skinwalker. Right? So yes, thank you, Mary, and feel free to send more anytime. Yes. I'm still a little quaking over here, guys. I'm a little... Yeah. No fucking thank you. Scary. Yeah. I'm a little petrified for you. Oof. And we're going to take a quick break in between listener stories to give a shout out. We have four new patrons to shout out and thank this month. We want to give a huge thank you to Jen, Alice, James, and Jessica. Thank you guys so, so much for joining the Spookster Club. We appreciate your support for the podcast. Yes, thank you so much. All right, I have the next story, and I just have to say, buckle the fuck in. Oh, my God. Okay, this is called RH Negative. And this person, um, just from the context of the story, they asked to be anonymous. So we're going to respect those wishes, and I've taken their name out of everything. So, yeah, here we go, guys. I've always been a weird kid. I've always felt that there was more to life than what meets the eye, and perhaps some of the conspiracy theories out there aren't theories at all. With that being said, I've learned that during my 36th year on this planet has completely stopped me in my tracks and knocked the wind out of me. There are some things that once learned can't be unlearned, and once seen can't be unseen. Although some might know who I am, I am choosing to remain anonymous. This is because this story affects my family, our collective lineage, and because it is a potentially powerful story, I don't want to upset anyone else who might not want this family secret known. But let me start from the beginning. I'm from an upper middle class Southern family. I don't come from a family of weirdos, occultists, or anyone living in a fringe society. I come from a long line of highly educated people ranging from doctors to senators. Even both my grandmothers went to university during a time when a woman in college was unheard of. My mother is a daughter of the American Revolution, and my father is a son of the American Revolution. This means that both my parents have paperwork approved by the government charting our direct lineage to men who fought in the revolution in the late 1700s and helped free us from Great Britain. This is an American pedigree and is a pretty big deal to patriots of the USA. I grew up in private schools, country clubs, and went to college in England. 
I think the term now is, quote, white privilege, and I will admit that yes, I grew up very privileged. This background information is important for two reasons. The first reason is that as a child, I was not exposed to conspiracy. I grew up in a very straight-laced society. Everything I learned pertaining to this story, I learned as an adult, independent of my society or schools. The second reason is that this conspiracy is rooted in white people of privilege and power. The source of it comes from Europe and is still carried in Europeans and people of European descent. As I said, I'm from the South. Even though the society I lived in wasn't a cult, being from the South, we have our fair share of ghosts. I grew up in old haunted houses and, like most Southerners, experienced weird phenomenon daily most of which was just ignored. I was always more sensitive to this than most, though. However, at 15 years old, I got very sick. I woke up one morning with my lymph nodes swollen all over my body. My armpits looked like they had tennis balls under them. I couldn't put my arms down. My mother rushed me to the doctor. This was the start of about three months of constant testing to figure out what was going on with me. I was sent to specialist after specialist. Blood work, spinal taps, you name it, they did it to me. My body temperature dropped to 92. Normally, it was at 96. There were days I couldn't get out of bed. And then one morning, it happened. I woke up with scratch marks all over my body. My mom rushed me back to the hospital. The doctor kept telling my mother that I must have scratched myself in my sleep. I remember my mother arguing with the doctor. She sat up and watched me sleep and swore I had not scratched myself. I would also wake up in the middle of the night screaming because I couldn't move my arms or legs. Both of my parents would have to smack my arms and legs until I could move them. I felt as if some unseen force was pinning me down. Then one day, the doctor noticed tiny scratch marks in my eyes, perfect little marks that could have not possibly been done by myself. I'll never forget him saying, I don't know what's going on, but something is going on. However, all of her tests are coming back negative. Meanwhile, none of my siblings were getting sick. Their lives went on as normal. Just me. I was the only one in the same house experiencing whatever this was. After some time, I got better. Life went back to normal, but at the same time, everything had changed. I started seeing shadow men, hat men, and other dark entities. Not every day, but every once in a while. I also started having some psychic abilities. Abilities not too spectacular, but simple things like having dreams and then the dreams coming true. But then again, life went on. I went to college. I got married. I got divorced. I traveled the world. I changed careers. I moved back to the South. I started going to India yearly to study yoga. I started seeing spiritual healers. Throughout my adult life, I haven't spoken to many people about what happened to me in high school. It's weird and according to science, there is no explanation, so why even bring it up? I surely don't go around telling people I see shadow men. Again, it's weird and I don't want to scare people. With that being said, every single spiritual healer I've been to bring it up, both here and in India. Every single one of them has noted that I went through a rite of passage. I never understood this until recently. My mom's parents died when I was a child. My grandfather was a surgeon and I have memories of him looking at my little hand and noticing certain physical features that I got, quote, from the royal family. But to be fair, a lot of families have folklore about family members being related to some royal family somewhere. I never gave it much thought. I also knew that there's something weird about my mom's dad's grandmother, my great-great-grandmother. But honestly, I thought the weirdness was that she was from Philadelphia, therefore a Yankee. I honestly thought that was why that line of the family was never spoken about. I was wrong. My grandfather and his older brother both died six months apart in the 80s. Again, I was just a child. Decades later, my great uncle's wife also passed away. 
When her children, our cousins, started going through the house, they stumbled upon letters that were hidden in old secretary. These letters spoke of my great-great-grandmother's journey to the United States in the late 1800s from the United Kingdom. She was only a small child and came to America with whom we thought at the time was her mother. These letters indicated that her father was, quote, the Duke. Which Duke? We don't know. We assumed that she must have been illegitimate because her royal heritage was a secret and faded with her when she moved to the United States. I was 27 years old when these letters were discovered. Eight years later, this information would come into my life full force with DNA testing. My boyfriend got a 23andMe from his parents, but being the conspiracy theorist he is, he refused to do it. He said he didn't want the government to have his DNA, so not to waste a good DNA kit, I spit in the tube and sent it off. A few weeks later, I got my results. 70% of my DNA traced back to my ancestors that immigrated from England in the late 1800s. 70% of me is her. This one little girl in my family line that is my great-great-grandmother. The DNA match did not come up on my mother's or my sister's. Only mine. After plugging in my results into other DNA portals and connecting with other cousins researching this ancestor, I learned that my great-great-grandmother did not come here with her mother, as previously thought, but rather with some woman of no relation to her. She was taken out of the United Kingdom pretty quickly during the time of Jack the Ripper, immediately after both her parents died, parents who were married to each other, making her birth legitimate. In the late 1700s, there was a law passed in England that said every royal marriage had to be approved by the monarch. It's no secret that since the beginning of time, royal families have intermarried each other to preserve the bloodline. This bloodline is the Rh-negative bloodline, more specifically O-negative. I didn't know much about blood until this past year. As embarrassing as it is, I didn't even know my own blood type until I called my mother one morning to ask. I almost passed out when she told me my blood type. Rh-negative bloods consist of only 15% of the population, and O-negative blood consists of only 6% of the world's population. It's only found in people of European descent, more specifically, blonde reddish hair, blue-green eyes, etc. Rh-negative blood does not match to the caveman. Rh-negative blood is blood without the Reese factor, or one thing in human blood that links us to the ape and proves evolution. People with Rh-negative do not link to the ape. Scientists don't know where they came from or how they got here, but if you're Rh-negative, your ancestors didn't come from apes. Not only Rh, are Rh-negative people pretty fair in coloring, but they also tend to have an extra vertebrae, psychic abilities, low body temperature, and many more side effects, all which I have. I am O-negative. To add a little more to it, all of our presidents have been Rh-negative, including Obama, who, if you remember, had a white mother. In fact, all powerful families of America in Europe are Rh-negative, including the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, Morgans, and the royal family. I won't go too deep into the Illuminati conspiracies, but for those who are familiar, you know that these families see themselves as special and practice dark magic at their quest to rule the Earth. These families, including the royals, are also believed to not be from this planet, but yet have ruled it for generations. I am a direct descendant of these people. My great-great-grandmother was also a child of a duke, a duke who was aligned to inherit the throne of England. She was the grandchild of Queen Victoria, the ruling monarch during her parents' marriage and her birth. My great-great-great-grandfather, the Duke, fell in love with one of the servants and without permission, married her. She, of course, did not have, quote, pure blood. This opened up Pandora's box. My great-great-grandmother, her birth, was legal. Even though her parents did not have permission from the ruling monarch to marry, they married anyway, with Parliament law, a legal marriage. 
my great 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 grandfather in line for the throne allowed unclean blood into the royal line by having a child with a commoner, aka RH positive. Soon after, Jack the Ripper was roaming the streets of England and he and his bride died of other, quote, sicknesses. And my great great grandmother ended up in Philadelphia with a woman she was not related to. This situation is part of the reason why Queen Elizabeth II is on the throne today. After the death of my great-great-great-grandfather and the prompt removal of his daughter, the crown jumped to his little brother, who is the current monarch's ancestor. The only problem is they were sure my great-great-grandmother had unclean RH-positive blood, but she did not. She, too, was RH-negative. She inherited the royal blood, not the common one. And there's quotes all with this, by the way, in case anyone's like, what the heck? But yeah. She ended up living a long and full life. She married and had five children, one of whom was my great-grandmother, who met my great-grandfather during the war. He was a doctor and she was a nurse. They married and he moved her down south where they had three sons, my grandfather and his two brothers. My grandfather married my grandmother and they had four girls, one being my mother. And my mother had us. Out of all the people who were descendants of my great-great-grandmother, the princess, the RH-negative blood only traveled through one of her kids, to one of her grandkids, to one of her great-grandkids, to one of her great-great-grandkids, me. Yes, my mother is also RH-negative, but B-negative. She has had none of the side effects, only me. As far as the dark entities that I see around me and the sickness that it brought, it was a rite of passage, only no one knew it at the time. It was the Nephilim in me that brought it out. I'm sure what I went through, all royal people have gone through, only for them in private with someone to guide them through and tell them what was happening. As one spiritual healer said to me regarding this and her ability to see it, the dark entities you see are not there to hurt you or to scare you. They're there to protect you. They're waiting for you to command them, as your ancestors have done for centuries before you. Well, they're going to be waiting a long time. My teachers in India speaks about us correcting the karma of our ancestors. No, this doesn't mean that I personally have to make up for all the beheadings, taxation, and dark magic they got into, but I can choose to be different. I can choose to stay away from the dark arts and spend my life rescuing dogs, working with kids in the slums, and be living by the mantra, be kind. My ancestors may have worshipped a god of darkness, but I worship one of light. Where they were service to self, I make a daily choice to be service to others. I might have a part of me that I don't understand, a body temperature at 92, and so many things that aren't human, but as far as I'm concerned, I was born here on this earth. This earth is my home, and all of the people, RH negative or positive, are my brothers and sisters. As acclaimed teachers, Ram Dass said, we're all just walking each other home. As for my cousins on the throne in England, there is someone out there looking for my family, for this lost child and her descendants, but I don't really care to get involved. To be honest, they kind of scare me anyway. I'd rather just live my life here as an American, a daughter of the American Revolution, a patriot, and a citizen who believes that all people are equal regardless of blood type. But then again, as I said in the beginning, there are some things once learned can't be unlearned, and I'm excited to see how this side of me evolves over time. So next time you see someone with RH negative features, keep your eyes peeled because you have proof alien life is right there in front of you. And remember, not everything we see is really how it is. Hold the phone. Is your mind blown right now? (laughs) It's like blown. But let me. What is that? Okay. There's a movie. It has, I believe, Johnny Depp in it. Really? Okay. So while you're looking that up, we do know and have known plenty of people with these features and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it just kind of opened this whole conversation I had with them about this a little bit. So it was 
It was interesting because this is a lot different than most listener stories we get. It's very true. So thank you, listener. Uh, We really appreciate it. It was really cool to read this. And thank you for trusting us to read this on our show and sharing your story with us, too. Mm -hmm. What is the name of this movie? I don't know. (laughs) It is From Hell. You've seen this movie. It's the Jack the Ripper story. Okay. I just don't remember it right this second. But yeah. Story is he's a detective. Yeah. And Jack the Ripper is out killing people and he's on the case and he finds all of these like prostitutes and he's like talking to them, right? And um, he kind of falls in love with Heather Graham's character who is a prostitute. But there's like this B story that kind of like fits in later. And it's talking about like this one prostitute who has this like affair with this like royal guy and come to find out he's like the prince. Oh, shit. To, like, inherit it all. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And, like, he has syphilis. Oh. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp, with the help of this prostitute, um, essentially, they save this lady's baby who is their love child. But it's not, like, a legitimate love child. I mean, it's, like, a love child. It's not, like, a legitimate heir. Uh-huh. Actually, technically, it was because I think they got married. Interesting. It was like a bastard, but then they got married, so then it legitimized. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. No, it's a hell of a good watch. If you love yourself some Johnny Depp, it's a great movie. Cool. I own it. I know you and I have watched it together. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we have. I'm just like, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's me. I forget everything. It's from 2001, so. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, you want to go ahead and read our last story for this episode? So this person said that they wanted to stay anonymous. Oh, so we got two Anons. Yes. But they also said that we could make a fake name. So Carl. Steve. (laughs) Carl. That kills people. (laughs) Not this person's name at all. Oh, Carl. So this is Carl's story. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Tara and I have a... a friend's dad whose name is Carl. So but we were both like, ah, we <laughs> love Carl. <laughs> we do. The real life Carl. We do love him. <laughs> Very true. Okay. So here is Carl's story. Five or six years ago, my dad's uncle passed away. Decades prior, said uncle got my parents a fancy bottle of scotch from Mexico. Questions. I didn't know you could get scotch from Mexico. Okay. Okay. And it's been on their front room display shelf with a bunch of other dust-covered sculptures and glasswork for at least 20 years. It's out of reach and untouched. No one in my immediate family drinks. On the day of his passing, I'm in the front room reading and my dad is doing his taxes. We get a phone call with the bad news. My dad's uncle was just announced dead after being sick in the hospital. My dad continues his taxes while letting me know his uncle passed in a few short words. Not 30 seconds later, the scotch bottle his uncle gifted him started playing music. This is odd to me because I thought it was just a bottle. So I asked, do we have a music box? My dad continues his taxes and tells me that the bottle has a music box built in and was the only reason he kept it. I clarify, did you wind it recently? He just kept filing and says, nope. And I was ready to leave it at that. But he says, still casually occupied, I imagine Uncle John wanted to say goodbye one last time. That is the only time it has ever made noise as long as I've been alive. All of the days and times. 
I never knew what to make of it. It wasn't very scary, just made me uncomfortable. I took a picture and a recording of the music box. There's a small figure of a dancer that spins when it plays. And Carl was nice enough to send us an audio clip of said scotch bottle music box. Yes, which I will enter here. So, yeah, Carl, creepy, thank you. I mean, that's like one of those things, like... It's one of those things where it's like, it's creepy, but it's not, like, scary. I mean, no, and there's been, like, a lot of weird instances in my life that have sort of like that. Like, the day after my grandma died, there was, like, a a rainbow that was, like, a full circle in the sky, like, right over our house. Mm-hmm. So little things to be like, I'm still watching over you and I'm here and stuff like that. So yeah, it's sweet. Not as creepy as a box playing. No. Especially like the fact that he, Carl didn't know it was a box. Right? Oh, I was so confused. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to look at the look at the picture because I know I copy like I copy and paste the stories over for you. But yeah, you'll see why. It's cool. That's a cool story. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to wrap us up for listeners encounters for the month of July. We want to thank you guys again for all of your submissions. If you are listening right now and we did not read it, we will probably be reading it on our August one because we got a bunch of great stories. Mm -hmm. And if you would like to send us a story, whether you've sent one in before or you are brand new to the Spookster fam or you're just ready to share your creepy experiences with us, you can send them to our email. And that is just three spooked girls at gmail.com. We take them anytime and we really appreciate you guys sharing your stories with us. Totally. So yeah, we will catch you next time and we will see you on Thursday for our next stabby snippet and also a bonus episodes for our patrons. So we'll catch you then. Yes. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.